Welcome back to the Red Sox On Deck Podcast. This is episode 18. I'm your host, Bob Osgood, back again, uh, joined by Shelly Verstrait. Shelly, how's it going? Did you and Jake survive without me for a week? Uh, yeah, uh, we managed to put a podcast together last week. Um, Thank God. But more, yeah, more importantly, how was your how was your vacation? Did you have a good time? It was. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Good. It was good. Spent a lot of time in the car. We were driving from Boston down to South Carolina and back for uh, with the several stops in between. Uh, you know, with a little one in the back seat. So uh, we got through it. I forgot about traffic last year, and uh, it's back. I don't think people are flying or taking public transportation. Everybody's on the road, and that part sucked, but vacation was great. I feel refreshed, and I did listen to the pod while I was out. I thought it was great. Thank you to Jake Devereaux for filling in. Greatly appreciated. How's everything with you? Um, I mean, it, it's pretty good. Um, I'm hoping for a vacation at some point soon uh work is crazy but i'm glad to be talking uh you know the minor leagues uh uh with you this week absolutely and who's in the background today taking a nap uh it's actually both guys it's it's both soto and orcello in my lap so you got double frenchy snores going on right now all right that's good i just figured i'd get that out of the way so you know people don't think i'm making strange noises or anything um but first just some maintenance and reminders if you enjoy what we do here go ahead and leave us a five-star rating and review on uh whatever platform you use to listen to the over the monster podcast we have a few of them the on deck pod we have the over the monster podcast with matt collins and brian joiner uh red seat with jake Devereaux and keaton derosher and the precap pod with Shelly and Keaton, and Shelly, I know you're fired up to do some uh, West Coast pre-pod podcasts, or uh, pre-cap podcasts coming up, right? Yeah, the the whole West Coast swing when it comes to this pre-cap uh, pod, it makes it a little bit interesting just being on the uh, East Coast, so yeah. it's uh, uh, grin and bear it, I guess. <laughs> You'll figure it out. Alright, a lot of news and notes. We got a empty the bench this week because the next two weeks we have um, a nice full draft preview that we're going to do next week that we're looking forward to um, and then after that the draft is Sunday July 11th with uh, round one being on that Sunday at 7 p.m. which is interesting I don't love that time I don't know how you feel about it Shelly Sunday at 7 p.m. at the start of the all-star break uh, yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, I don't know who thought it would be a good idea to have the Futures game and the draft on the same day, but, uh, Man. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't even know about that part. Yeah. yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I think people will probably be ready to, you know, check out for a couple of days, and it's going to be right into the draft on that night. And then rounds 2 through 10 are Monday and 11 through 20 on Tuesday. So that's two weeks from now. We'll do the preview next week, and then I'm sure the week after we'll have uh, plenty to talk about with the Red Sox picking uh, 
fourth, and this year us having 20 rounds as opposed to five that we had last year. So definitely looking forward to the draft. Um, College World Series has been super interesting, a lot of drama. Game three is tonight, so we won't be able to talk about that yet between Vanderbilt and Mississippi State. But uh, game one, Jack Leiter threw six innings and got an 8-2 win. Gave up three hits, two runs, three walks, and eight strikeouts. So we'll be talking about him a little bit here and plenty next week. But just good to see that he's continuing to roll. Um, Mississippi State won the second game 13-2. And Kamar Rockers on the mound tonight for the decisive game three that we'll be watching after we get off of the uh, recording here tonight a um, few mock drafts have come out and I'm sure we'll have a lot more over the next week but the three that we wanted to focus on and it's interesting there's three different players um, all of which we've talked about plenty but different moving parts um, starting with Baseball America um, they have the aforementioned Jack Leiter going to the Red Sox at four as of right now um, behind Marcel Meyer and Jordan Lawler and Jackson Job going third which is uh, shout out to Keaton the week that he was on was talking about Job and felt that he was kind of like a outside the top five top ten even um, guy that could jump to the front uh, so that was interesting to see that name on a couple of these top fives. Um, but Baseball America kind of mentioned if Leiter wasn't available, they think that Lawler and Henry Davis would make sense to Boston. Um, beyond that, MLB.com's Jim Callis had Jordan Lawler going to the Red Sox behind Meyer, uh, Leiter, and Job, one, two, three, and then Lawler at four. Um, you know, said kind of the same thing. Leiter is probably the Red Sox preferred target, but in his latest mock, he has him going a little bit earlier. And then in the third from Keith Law at the Athletic, uh, he had Henry Davis. Same deal. Leiter was gone. Um, really felt that the Red Sox is kind of that fork in the road point in the draft as they're in on Leiter and possibly Rocker and Henry Davis. Um, and probably will have a choice of two of them if those shortstops go early. But as we said, Jim Callis had Jordan Lawler drop into four. So, um, you know, it's all just a guessing game. But between Baseball America, Jim Callis, Keith Law, a lot of very informed, good sources. So, Shelly, what did, what did you make of these recent mock drafts? Honestly, I would I, – I thought it was, you know – um, okay, I would love to have Leiter, Lawler, or Davis um, at the number four. So yeah, the number four pick um, is definitely going to be interesting because it seems with all of these mock drafts, um, there ha really hasn't really been a consensus outside of Mayer going 1-1. Outside of him, it's been just a jumble. Um, so yeah. it will be really interesting. Um I I have been known to just because I don't think Lawler is going to fall to number four. Um, I would love it, but I, I I don't think that's going to happen. But I'm definitely on the side of Henry Davis over both of the pitchers because of you know the 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 Red Sox recent um, just kind of history of not being able to develop pitching. Um, yeah, I just I just love Davis's bat. It seems super safe. Yeah, but, and you you've had that stance for a yeah. while now. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I I 
but again, I I would be very excited to have any of these guys in our system. Like, what are your thoughts um, about the number four pick? Yeah, I I hear you on Davis, and I won't be disappointed with it. Um, I'm hoping for lighter. It's kind of what I have been hoping for all along. And two months ago, when he was going first, I mean, like you said, Meyer's kind of the um, consensus one in all of these right now and at that time lighter was one um I'm, i just want to see them develop a pitcher i get what you're saying that it's been a while and it's fresh in your head it's been you know john lester probably <laughs> 15 20 years going back so yeah. i want to see it happen and i want to see a college um i mean job's a high school arm so that's kind of the interesting turn that we've seen here is him jumping up into the the third pick uh which i think is detroit right so seeing that i don't think we would be in on him and that gives you one more name that they might be able to potentially choose from if job did go three uh i thought that was kind of the most interesting thing ahead of that but if you ask me today i would side kind of with lighter if he's there even if it's between him and davis personally but um yeah i don't know i i like that there are different options, and um, I've kind of at different times talked myself into four or five different guys. You know, you watch Rocker pitch and yeah. say, geez, I would love to watch this guy every fifth day. Like, <laughs> just seeing him out on the mound and the sheer size of the guy and, um, you know, watching his, his fastball, his breaking ball and, and everything and just his intensity on the mound. So I wouldn't hate that either. Um, it's good. It's a good problem to have. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it's, I mean, every mock draft that I see, I'm like, yeah, I just want, yeah, I'll take, uh, I'll take that person, I'll take that person. It's like, yeah, it's right. just being at number four. Like, it's we have just so many outstanding talents here, so I don't really think that we can lose. Yep, agree with you on that. Um, all right, let's kind of move on to some minor league news here. There's good amount of it. Um, one thing that I thought was interesting that was mentioned on The Athletic in the last couple of days, and I know Cora was asked about it in pregame today, Franchi Cordero has been working out at first base down in AAA. Um, he played 165 games at shortstop between 2012 and 2015 before he transitioned to the outfield. I didn't know that. Did you know that, Shelly? I, I didn't know that either. Yeah. I cannot picture Franchi at shortstop. <laughs> um, so I guess he has some history in the infield, though. And I get it, especially with what we've talked about with the amount of outfield depth that they have and that it, we expect to be coming up. Um, and Dahlbeck, he's in a good spot the last few games, but he gets in these streaks. And Chavis, I mean, they don't really... I wouldn't say that first base is totally defined right now. So And they clearly want to have as much versatility as they can and i think that's interesting um you know maybe that's the last step for cordero before he comes back up because he's been hot again um his hit in the last uh, six game hitting streak and is up to again 385 with a 471 obp at pawtucket 673 uh, 673 slugging his six home run the other night so he's going to be back up and the way that they're talking about him is definitely not in the, the past tense. They're talking about him being a part of the team. I mean, do you think if a player was designated for assignment in the next week and either whether it's Cordero or Duran got called up, who do you think they might 
get rid of um, on the major league roster? Um, I mean, I think that it would be probably a reliever. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be a little bit aggressive to do the Chavis thing, even though I'm not a big Chavis fan. Um, but I think it's going to be a reliever um, at some point um, to get Duran up because I still think uh, Cordero is still on the 40-man. So I still think that you could just do, you know, a, a demotion, you know, an option here to get to Cordero back up. But um, with how well Cordero is hitting in AAA, obviously he needs to get more reps in the major leagues because he is starting to look kind of like that quad A kind of guy. Uh, so we yeah. need to see him. We need to see him in the majors. Give him some run. I mean, it really, I guess, kind of stinks for him because uh, we're very competitive in the AL East and in just the AL in general. So we don't really want to just give someone some time. So that kind of stinks. But I, I, I really do think that we're going to see Cordero before Duran, but we're definitely going to see both of them before the season ends. Yeah, and as tough as it was early on, I'd rather see Cordero get another shot than watch too much more of Danny Santana personally. I think he might be, and and I, your point's well taken on the 40-man, but let's say Durant comes up sometime in July. I think if they jettison one player from the from the 40 that's on the big league roster now, I think it would be Santana, but you're right. I mean, it might be an that's easy good. Chavis or reliever move or something for Cordero, so... Uh, Connor Wong up with the big club. I know you guys talked about it last week, but he had his first start on Saturday, um, and he caught Nate Ivaldi, who pitched that excellent game against the Yankees, gave up one run in seven and two-thirds. And Cora really praised Wong's calmness behind the plate. Um, Ivaldi called him amazing, said that they had thrown together all offseason and during the COVID break, and that he was familiar with Ivaldi's stuff, which... I thought was very interesting, and I also have noticed that Wong hasn't started since. Um, but they have a day game on Thursday, and Evaldi's going to be back out there. So I feel like that might be the next spot that they get him out there. Um, he was one for three in the game, had an opposite field single off of Jordan Montgomery. I, you know, I didn't even, I was while I was away, I was kind of catching bits and pieces and some highlights of the game, but you watched it and I didn't even realize that it was Wong back there until I looked at the box score after. Um, he definitely looked good and Evaldi looked great, so that has to be a good sign. Uh, you know, he might not be a huge bat, but it's if he can be a backup defensive catcher that has some infield versatility, um, you know, it's just one game, but I, I it's good to see that they trust him back there. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. Uh, when he was catching Evaldi, um, I, I was just really impressed because I, I, I didn't really expect much from him. Um, so he totally blew me out of the water when I was watching him. Like, he looked really poised back there, really calm, really just, you know, just super, just really, really great, uh, behind the plate. And just hearing Eovaldi's comments, hearing Cora's comments after that game, after his first start, was huge. Um, so I am totally fine with him uh, being, you know, the backup um, until, you know, Plowecki comes back. Because, you know, Plowecki has a little bit more of the bat, a little bit more of a major league track record. So I can understand kind of while I'm going back down. But what I've seen so far, I really, really like. And it just, it's just, 
yeah, it's like this, okay, maybe we have kind of like a backup catcher, um, you know, a couple, you know, maybe a year, year and a half down the road. It was, it was really great to see. Yeah, and plays, even going back to 2019, um, hasn't really done it this year other than an um, inning or two here and there, but played 10 games at second in 2019, played a couple of games at third. Um, so, you know, there could be scenarios where they carry three catchers and want to have him as a backup infielder. You know, we're talking down the line, not this year, but, yeah, they didn't want to make a 40-man move, so the easiest thing to do was to call Wong up, and, uh, yeah, good to see him, uh, you know, look comfortable, probably get a start tomorrow. I don't know how far out Plawecki is, and I'm sure he will replace him soon enough, but it will get a couple more looks at him before he goes back down. A um, couple updates on injuries um, and rehabs and things of that nature. Aldo Ramirez, right elbow tendonitis, um, went on the IL on June 27th, three or four days ago. And Brandon Howlett went on the concussion IL on the 26th. So another pitching injury is the first thing that I think of here, Shelley. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what I think as well. Um, our pitching, uh, especially top-tier pitching, um, just has been decimated by injuries this year, and it's you know it's just it's blowing my mind with how many of our top pitching prospects, especially on the starting pitching side, um, has gone down to injuries. So just you know just yeah, I, I'm hoping these this elbow tendonitis for Ramirez is nothing too major, but just hearing that just uh, doesn't give you good feels. No, a lot of arm injuries, and he was really rolling 2.03 ERA in 31 innings, um, had 32 strikeouts, a whip of 1.13. Was um, you know Bayo got that call from um, you know up a level to Double A, and you wondered if Aldo might get that, even though he's just 20 years old, um, whether his stuff was there to get up to high A. This is certainly a setback, so hopefully it is just a little bit of, you know, tightness or something like that and just misses a start, excuse me, starter too. Um, a couple guys that are rehabbing, Edward, uh, Edward Bazzardo, still a ways away but has resumed throwing. He had a significant lat injury, um, but just good to hear that he's back throwing again. Um, Nick Decker, just began rehabbing in rookie ball uh, down in the Florida Complex League that we're going to talk about in a minute. He hadn't played since May 20th with a leg strain. I didn't realize how long Decker had been out, but he's starting to rehab. Um, so just good to hear. And uh, Connor Seabold as well, just throwing bullpens. So Bizarro and Seabold are at least throwing. We'll talk about Tanner Houck in a little bit, but at least three arms are making progress in the right direction um, to end that on a positive note after the Elder Ramirez news. Um, and then lastly, Noah Song, not really an update. It's a no update update, but it was in Chad Chenning's article. He had a, a excellent piece on The Athletic talking with Brian Abraham, the director of player development. I recommend checking that one out for a lot of uh, minor league updates over the, the last month. But Song, uh, you know, they mentioned he still needs an early release from the military service um, if he was going to start his pro career this year. Um, Abraham said, obviously, we are hopeful and we support him. Hopefully, we'll have more information soon, but support him in his endeavors. And when the time comes for him to join us, we will obviously welcome him. So uh, anything to add? I know I just threw about six names out there, Shelley. 
Uh, yeah, not 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 much to add. Um, I'm glad to see that Brizardo and Seabold are back on the mound, or kind of sort of on the mound. At least they're resuming throwing. That's really great. And um, yeah, yeah, that's really about it. All right, sounds good. Um, yeah, nothing really to add on that. Uh, mentioned the Florida Complex League. Used to be called the Gulf Coast League, and the Florida Complex League Red Sox. That's a bit of a mouthful, but those assignments came out, and they started playing this week. Um, Chi Young Lu, Luis De La Rosa, who came over in that Kansas City deal for Benintendi. Uh, Brainer Bonacci, Blaze Jordan, Freddie Valdez, all got assignments there, and as I mentioned, Nick Decker is rehabbing down there. Um, so, you know, no surprises. We have been waiting to see those those players in some competitive ball. They've actually, as you might expect, in outdoor games in Florida that are played in late June, the first two games were both cut short by rain. One of them only, I think, went three innings, and they need to continue at a later date. And then there was one that went four and a half, which is the exact amount that was required to be an official game. Uh, good to see De La Rosa um, down there, Shelley, who we got over from Kansas City through three scoreless innings, um, just allowing two hits and two walks the other night. Uh, yeah, um, it, was, it was really good to see De La Rosa just, you know, just get that, get out there on the mound um, because, you know, it's been a while since he's been able to throw in, like, a competitive game, so it was really, really good to see. But, yeah, I'm really looking forward to just, you know, pulling up some box scores, um, you know, the, 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 in, in the morning to just see Brandon Bernacci and Blaze Jordan, Freddie Valdez, just all of these guys. I'm just ready to just see some stats. Um, I doubt that I'll be able to see any video from them, but I'm just ready to see some of these guys kind of perform. All right, we're back. I got cut off for a minute, but we were talking about the Complex League, and I don't know what I said or didn't say that got recorded, but we're going to move on to Worcester because we buried the lead a little bit and there's a lot happening down there. Um, can start with Tanner Houck, who threw three innings last week, and you guys talked, you and Jake talked about that a little bit, where he had not given up a run, six strikeouts in his first outing. Um, this week, he threw four innings uh, two nights ago. He gave up two runs and three hits. Didn't walk a batter, but he hit two and struck out four. Um, I know that Ian Cundell from Sox Prospects was out, and he was kind of given inning-by-inning breakdowns and um, kind of said early on that Hulk looked really good the first time through and then got hit around a little bit in the fourth inning. So I didn't know if you had seen any of that or if you had any thoughts on, uh, on Hulk's outing on Tuesday night. Um, yeah, I mean, I saw a little bit of video and definitely more of uh, the the tweet scouting stuff. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he looked, like you said, like, and, you know, just like Ian said, like, he looked good first time through the order and then struggled uh, with the second half. Um, I'm, but, again, I, I am okay with that. Um, I, I, I do think that maybe he needs, sadly, um, from a Red Sox standpoint side, especially when we're talking about Garrett Richards. I think that he does need maybe another start or two to kind of build up a little bit more when it comes to the, um, you know, innings pitched and just pitches in general. Like he needs just a little bit more time, um, which just kind of 
stinks with the 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 you know the major league team uh, standpoint. Um, but yeah, he's coming back, and I just love to see that he is just getting out there. He's throwing. He's looking okay. I I'm totally cool with this. Yeah, and um, kind of working his way back up, working the pitch count up. Uh, it was interesting to see that he didn't throw a splitter, Ian said. Um, and I you know, read in his first game that he was using the four seam, the two seam, the slider, and the splitter, used all of that in the first outing. And, um, you know, he, he mentioned that they were kind of laying off the slider the second time through because he was only throwing two pitches. And it's really important if he's going to be a starter unless his – both of those pitches are so dominant. And we saw that the slider was. There was opponents were hitting about 030 against that when he was in the big league. So he does have a great slider, but really hoping he can develop that splitter and wonder why he wasn't throwing that yesterday. Um, go along with that, Jaron Duran hit two more home runs. He's got 15 now. Um, I'm sure you've maybe heard that name before. He has 15 home runs, leads the Triple um, A East Division. First one went to right field, second one went to left field. Um, what do you think? Is he? Is July the month? Is this the week? Are we close? I know we've been talking about the same topic for two or three months, but it's the number one question that you see on Twitter and on the comments on different blogs. When is this guy coming up? Um, have, you, is, have your thoughts shifted at all on, on when Duran might be up? I mean, I hope that he's up at some point. I mean, it, uh, he has to. He has to come up. Uh, I, I do think uh, Cordero is going to come up before Duran. Um, he will have to be added to the forty man, and I think that that's kind of maybe a little bit of the hesitance of the team where they have to DFA someone, and then there's also this kind of uh, snafu that you know he was with the Olympic team. Um, so maybe he wants to play in the Olympics and maybe that's like really important to him. If that's really important to him, I can kind of see that the team would just kind of grant him that. I don't know. So it's, it's a lot of, uh, just a lot of things that need to fall into place. Um, but I, I am, I, I just really just want him on the, on the major league roster. Yeah. And we were talking a little bit before we started recording about, um, couple folks have mentioned it you said that matt collins from from over the monster talked about it a little bit and i noticed it on a, a red sox stats tweet at red sox stats on twitter which i highly recommend maybe my favorite red sox account um mentioned a week or so ago that this the Sox like to go out on the west coast um and bring their top prospects out west maybe less pressure you know i mean they're going to oakland smaller crowds to break them in a little bit um they did it with he mentions they did it with bogarts moncada devers benintendi and others i hadn't even thought of that and uh makes me wonder whether there is a possibility that friday would be the day if they took that approach with him uh yeah i mean i really hope so um because again uh i do the pre-cap uh a podcast with Keaton, so I would love to have some good news on those late night West Coast swings. <laughs> 
couple others. Jeter Downs heating up. He's now at seven home runs and ten steals at AAA, and that's subtracting the time that he had away um, at the, the Olympic qualifiers. Left the game early yesterday, had kind of a semi-collision with the catcher, so hopefully he is all right. He is actually, we heard today, going to be the, the lone Red Sox representative in the All-Star Futures game. Um, so could look forward to see that while we're what switching back and forth from the draft um marcus wilson has some continued success another outfielder to talk about we've mentioned him a few weeks in a row but early in the week he had two hits on tuesday the last week and three hits on wednesday and then later in the week he stole two more bases so he now has eight homers and nine steals um a similar line to, to what downs has and i know you've been making the point shelly that you think he might be the, the perfect guy for them to trade as a probably a major league uh player that might get a shot and maybe might be more valuable on a different team so he just keeps rolling week after week and he was good in spring training this year yeah i mean i love to see that he's just still killing it um, and I just, it's, it's sad that I just don't think that he currently fits on the major league roster, but I really want him to get a major league chance. So I honestly, I really do hope that, you know, he gets traded, um, at some point, even though it does make me sad. Yep. All right. I will fire through the, the remaining, um, levels here. Didn't have a whole lot to talk about at Portland this week. They're 26 and 22. Um, a couple notable relievers though, after the past 15 days, Durbin Feltman has thrown five and two thirds shutout innings with 10 strikeouts, only two hits in those close to six innings and, and four walks. Um, so he's really kind of hit a stride down there and definitely kind of older for a prospect. Um, that's at Portland. So you'd have to think that He'll get the call to Worcester if he keeps throwing like this. And Zach Kelly, not a name that I am too familiar with, but looking at his stats, we at least got to talk about him once. Uh, on the season, he has thrown 18 and two-thirds innings, given up only one run on the season, one earned run. Struck out 30 in those 18 and change. Um, he has walked 12, and he's given up 11 hits. Um, kind of just researching him as a prospect there is not a whole lot out there and he is a little bit older he's 26 he's bounced around from some different organizations but at least a shout out there throwing close to 20 innings and only giving up one run uh, he'd been in the Oakland and LA Angels organizations previously so you never know I mean maybe figured some things out over the uh over the year off, but 14.46K per nine rate is at least worth mentioning. Uh, looking down at Greenville, Chris Murphy, your guy, Shelly. Um, what do you think? He's had four really good starts in a row now. Yeah, yeah. The the last uh, couple of starts, like you said, like the last four starts have been absolutely great. You or seeing like the best parts of Chris Murphy, like he's he's limiting uh, hits, he's he's striking out guys, and he is not walking anyone. Well, outside of those two batters, uh, that's that's what you like to see. I mean, that's what we saw when he after he was drafted, and he started to kind of change his pitch mix after he was drafted, which really limited the walks early in. 2000 early earlier this year you start you started to see the walks come back so you were like yeah maybe you know 2019 after he was drafted was a flash in the pan but with these 
four, you know, these past four starts with all these strikeouts limiting the walks. That's what you want to see. And I'm, I am back on the Chris Murphy train. Yeah, and we weren't really off, but we mentioned him, I think, three starts yeah. in after he had had two uh, tough outings early on. He was walking guys, and it just seemed like that was back. But like you said, two walks and four starts. Um, one, one, zero, zero in the last two, and he's going six innings in each of the last two starts, or five and two-thirds in the recent one, but they're letting him face 20-plus batters. Um, you know, you go through the season in the earn runs allowed, since that five-run outing on his third start, he has given up three earned, two, two, zero, one, one. So everything is trending in the right direction. Have to think that he's a candidate to, to get, a, you know, a call to double A. Hopefully he is 23 years old. So, you know, a little bit older for the A level, but um, he's doing what he's supposed to do and has really hit a stride. And you got to give these guys a pass that, that didn't have many reps last year. So good to see from Murphy. Um, down at Salem, uh, or Greenville's 24 and 25. Down at Salem, 27 and 22. Um, we have to talk about Joe Davis. Joe Davis, absolutely on fire. On Sunday, he was three for five with two homers and six RBIs. Uh, I think one of those was like a late go-ahead home run. And I don't have it in front of me. It was like a 14-13 game that they played over the weekend, and then kept it going yesterday after an off day. He was um, three for six. Home run, five RBIs, three runs. Um, he's up to 324 on the season and has seven homers, 35 RBI, uh, and only 139 at-bats for Joe Davis. So you have to expect that at his age, um, he'll probably get a call to Greenville, but at some point this year if he keeps hitting like this. Uh, yeah, um, I definitely do think that he's going to get a call at some point. But, I mean, I've I've just always loved, you know, big boy Joe Davis. He's just always down there just mashing, right? Yeah. Uh, while I don't think that he's, a, like, a, you know, a, a, a guy that we really need to keep our eye on. Like, he's just, like, one of those guys that whenever you go to a minor league game, you just, you just love. Like, he's just one of the older guys, and he just mashes. Man, I, I just love seeing just a Joe Davis just going off. Um, yeah, I, I threw three pictures on the uh, on the bottom of our agenda today. I'm trying to figure out who Davis reminds me of, other than everyone that I played softball against in my 20s. <laughs> exactly, man. I, I love that dude. That dude is that... Oh, Some yeah. sort of uh, Matt Stairs, Rowdy Telez combination, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. And of course, one of the photos with a beautiful handlebar mustache. I'll have to decide which of these is going to be the uh, the picture that we use for this week's article. <laughs> um, lastly, Nick York, scorching in June. We brought him up weekly, but it has continued. Um, you know, even without the average, his walk and K rate are both at an exact 13.3% um, in the month of June. He's hitting 348 on base 45% of the time. Slugging's over 500. Um, you know, York's just recently turned 19 years old, and same thing, right? Last year was a little bit kind of all over the place for people, and he got his footing after a few tough weeks to start the season. So just great to see these numbers absolutely on fire down there. Yeah, I mean, I just love to see what he's been doing um, uh, so far in June. Um because again, like you said, like he really did struggle in like the first couple of months, 
Um, but I mean, when he was at the alternate training site last year, like uh, scouts and and coaches were like, "Yeah, this guy is like, you know, like really good." And then he scuffled. Um, but yeah, he's totally killing it right now as a 19 year old. Uh, I'm very very impressed with him. Absolutely. All right. So um, before we give how to reach us, I apologize if this was a bit choppy or if there was any delays. It's there's an outrageous thunderstorm going on outside up in Boston here. So sorry if that was going on in the background. But you can find um, me at Bob Oscar 15 on Twitter. You can find Shelly at Shelly V underscore six four three. Um, we're both at Over the Monster. We write at the Dynasty Guru. Thanks again to Jake Devereaux for filling in last week. And a lot of good stuff coming up. We've got draft previews and um, you know draft reviews over the next couple of weeks. Possibly some guests lined up down the line. So thanks everybody for listening. And we'll talk to you next week.